We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Whew, we just watched AEW Double or Nothing. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the lengthy of that pay-per-view for the majority of this podcast. But to start it off, there was another battle going on tonight outside of the world of pro wrestling. And Dre, that is the versus. We had Timbaland versus Swiss Beats Part 2. The last time was the first ever versus 
So it was just on IG Live. They went for like five hours. Today they went for two and some change. So it was a long one. But the thing that stuck out to me right away is that half of Twitter had no clue this was going on. Nah, they they announced this like crazy late and it's day before Memorial Day. They had a live crowd. It was like a concert. But yeah, it was people like there's a versus going on. But uh, sure, it was a versus going on. I mean, I was trying to watch it at the same time as Double or Nothing. And uh, I was a little distracted. Plus, I'm still um. Hold on, let me crack this open real quick. I'm still drinking from yesterday, man. Hey, um, shout out to Big Mac, Reverse Rat Pack member, who uh, <laughs> had, had a few, few too many, and uh, had to leave his car and get a ride home. So uh, I ended up seeing you two days in a row because I had to drive him back to grab his car. So that was fun. But yeah, no, it's always good to chill and, and drink and hang out with everyone. Um, we'll talk about it on Thursday's show. Yeah. I didn't uh, think necessarily I'd be there, but some mistreatment by certain people led me mm. to say, uh, to hell with covering event live. And I'd rather be with my boys anyway and, and still get my work done. So that was fun. The verses today, one, I wish it was yesterday. Yeah. Because it would have rocked a lot better with the boxing. Like, I don't need to listen to boxing commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could have we could have watched verses at my crib when we had all the fights on. That would have been good background music. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like kick off the weekend. I feel yeah. like doing it on a Sunday. I I get it. It's the same reason Floyd's doing his fight next weekend on a Sunday, right? It's live, it's Sunday, it's like a magical thing in Miami. The live Sunday nights are supposed to be crazy. But even with that, the crowd in this versus was I, lackluster might be generous. I don't know. I wasn't again. I wasn't paying attention. Like oh. I was I was watching to see what they played. And I was like, I'll say this. Like, I'll talk about the battle itself because Swiss does have a, a pretty he has a sting catalog. It's a good catalog of music. It's <laughs> yeah. any and, and I mean, he played a lot of bangers that I almost forgot he had. But it's like when I was watching, I was like, well, this is. You know, Timberland and Swizz running back and forth. And some of the crowd was hype. It was like the ladies got super hype for like Beyonce, the Beyonce section of the battle. Yeah. But I was like, all right, this is this is cool. I don't know, man. It, it didn't feel it wasn't whack. I'm not going to say it was whack. It just it didn't feel like, you know, when you had the Osley Brothers with Earth, Wind and Fire. It felt like such a moment. And I guess because we've already seen this already and they're doing it again. Maybe that's what it was. But I can't really tell like. It, it felt like it was I don't know it felt like it was like just an anniversary concert right like they were just hey let's just play some songs and they you know Swizz tried to make it seem like it was a battle but it kind of wasn't yeah and they were just playing joints which was cool but I don't know it was okay I guess they, they were talking shit it was it was okay that's the best way like you can put it it was all right maybe we're like spoiled because I anticipated they'd have guests performing yeah, some of these yeah, songs yeah. they did not it was just them on the stage at point swiss beats forgot lyrics to some of the songs he was playing and trying to rap over it like a whole cassidy verse he like butchered on one of his songs so like that was hit or miss the crowd they tried to have the crowd sing some lyrics the crowd was mad low the energy was just really down for i'd say the first half of the battle and then the songs were good though. So it was like cool. It was hard to score though. 
because sometimes Swiss would just play a hook or sometimes Timbaland would run through like four minutes of a track. So going back and forth and trying to judge had to be crazy. I'm not sure if anyone kept score. Nah, it, man. I mean, people just, are still keeping score. They need to stop. Like these things, yeah. ain't nobody really keep a score anymore. What's the point? No, just you just know when someone gets washed. Yeah. You you know when someone's outclassed. But that's it. No, it was it was okay. Again, you do this on Monday because of holiday weekend, or you do it on Saturday to kick off the weekend. It it felt a little out of place. And it watching this, Triller tries really hard with the presentation. It feels grandiose. Like you said, this was something for when we were stuck inside in a pandemic. Yeah, it 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 just it ain't. I don't need it. That's it. Nah. Like if like the pandemic made everything special. Like obviously, D Nice was like one of the big MVPs during the pandemic because you were in the house, you had nowhere to go, and you had D Nice would come on and spin, and you were like, oh shit, it's a party in my house because I can't see anybody or do anything. But now I can see everybody and do whatever I want. You know what I'm saying? Mask on, whatever, getting vaccinated. Cats are like trying to live normal lives. And then you're doing the verses and like the magic of what verses was is no longer here. And I know there's going to be some people like, yeah, they should continue doing this. I don't care anymore. I can like people are going to be going to concerts soon. I like the novelty of this is kind of over and that's fine. But I felt it watching this thing. I felt like if this was last June and these two were to do this like this and not with the crowd and shit but if they would have done this it would have felt good because we were all trapped in the house but no nah, man it gets out in the streets it's not the same versus just ain't the same so yeah that. it you they need to bring something different and Swiss Beast threw a couple shots at Justin Timberlake so it looks like I'm not gonna get my instinct Backstreet Boys battle <laughs> <laughs> you know, like at one point, I believe he said, "Fuck Justin." Like Tim was playing bad Justin tracks too. He's like, "Yo, don't play any more Justin until he returns our calls about doing a verse." Like, oh, okay. oh, you are salty. So it was it was just a weird atmosphere. The crowd wasn't rocking. It it would have done better in Atlanta. It would have done better in New York. Like Miami's just a weird ass city. Like if we're well, keeping yeah. it honest, like they. They want to stand around and look pretty. I mean, yeah. That South Beach crowd, not like Miami, Miami, but like the South Beach crowd, that's why like the Heat games would get filled in like the third quarter when they were winning championships. And people would bounce early. And it's all about like, yo, let me rent these fucking crazy expensive cars and drive five miles per hour down the street and wear all white crushed linen and act stupid. Like, it's, it's all a farce. So, like, they went to this to just look pretty and be on the verses. They weren't trying to engage with the people on the stage, which made it really whack from a fan's perspective. And then watching it, it was like, yeah, I might as well watch them on IG Live. Same shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's missing that element. So it's like, all right, well, uh, it's Miami, Memorial Day weekend, mad people out there. I'm no, nowhere near that shit. No, I went and to the strip. Uh, yeah. to check out of my hotel room and it was crazy hey man this, the pandemic is over yo over. over over i was like yo nah i'm masked up chilling everybody else go maskless nah not me the urban loitering it was crazy i was checking out my wife was waiting for me i was checking out of the hotel 
figured, yo, I'll do it last night. The fights were over. I didn't feel like going back this morning. So I was like, let me check out late night. So it was like 1 a.m. And there was this guy who walks up, like five Jesus pieces on. He got a, a track suit, like Balenciaga. He got his, his locks, all this shit. Looked like he's straight from Atlanta or Miami. And he walks up next to me to the front desk. And he's like, y'all got any rooms? And they're like, um, no, we're completely booked. It's Memorial Day. It's like, y'all gonna make me sleep in my car? Like, oh, y'all foul. I'm like, yo, he really came out to Vegas without a room? But, dog, go to another hotel. Somebody has a room for you, bro. Yo, like, <laughs> like for what us, are not you the, doing? It's he not was like, gonzo, though. Like, he, he was either drunk or whatever the hell these young whippersnappers do, like, on some type of pills, like a Zanny or something. Because he was, whew, like, I, I don't want him behind the wheel of a car right now. But he tried, he almost fell asleep in the lobby. They were trying to get him the hell out of there. I was like, yo, it's a, it's a ratchet weekend all around. There was two girls like, I guess you're on vacation, having a real heart-to-heart conversation in the lobby. Like, how could you leave me and blah, blah, blah. And it's a girl's trip. Why would you leave with that guy? And then one girl's trying to explain. It was all bad. I was like, yeah, it got real. Haney fight was at the Mandalay Bay, so daylight was popping. And that... Oh, when I talk about Ratchet Central, people are just double cheeked up out there. I'm Guys sorry. with no shirts on. Yeah, it was, it was wild. No shirts on, gold chain. <laughs> I'm walking through the Medley Bay parking lot after getting my credential. Um, after the fiasco happened, I decided I wasn't fucking covering the fight. And I turned to my wife because she was going to drive me off. I turned to her and I was like, yo, I got the perfect summer body. She laughed. I was like, yo, dad bods are the shit this summer. Nobody with their shirt off had a six pack or nothing. Nobody. <laughs> like, yo, you got to be like somewhat either out of shape or chubby and no shirt on, three chains. I was like, oh, they're bringing it back. So I was like, yo, I got the perfect, like, yo, I'm rocking a shirt this whole summer. Shit. Like, <laughs> a couple weeks we've been teasing. We may have news. If we have news about this show, just know after that episode, if you see me at any fights, if you see me uh, Fury Wilder weekend, if you see me during the Pacquiao Spence weekend slash SummerSlam weekend, maybe if you catch me in the streets, I ain't having no shirt on. Just I won't, just I won't be with you. I won't. <laughs> I'm going shirtless. I'm getting a chain and a bottom grill. I ain't going to know how to act. Shut you- you I should have never gave me money. <laughs> yeah, you you do that. I will be nowhere near any of that. You can enjoy your shirtless bottom grill, whatever. No thanks. This, this is it. It's the summer of ratchet, Mister. My God, I mean, it's our first summer back out. We got to do something stupid. Everybody else is doing. It. That's my excuse. Mean, Everybody man, else is doing. It. I just had a, a you know a small like we had a game night with no games. That's no about game. as, as ambitious as it's gonna get for me. Game night with go no games and a lot of liquor. You're going to be out at one of these fights. Maybe not urban loitering. Like, I'm not trying to urban loitering. I mean, but like, I got to get to and from the hotel room. So I see a lot of wild shit. I, you know, let's see. We got Spack, 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 yo. Yo. Is it um, Spack? Pac- <laughs> <laughs> like Benifer? Yeah. Wow. Spack, uh, y'all. <laughs> yeah. We got Wilder Fury and we got Pacquiao Spin. So obviously, I'll be at both of those fights. And then, of course, we have McGregor and Poirier in July. So I'll be. Yeah. 
it seems like I'll be back out for those fights. But yeah, man, like all all the the wild and wacky, like I can, if there's just too many people, I'm gonna leave. Like they, I'll urban loiter from a distance with like binoculars and a mask. Oh yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm definitely urban lawyering with a mask. Cause again, we, we got to cover fights. There's still COVID testing for those, even though like being vaxxed up and COVID may not like do anything to me, I might be asymptomatic, but if I pop for COVID, I'm leaving a lot of money on the table in live coverage. So I can't do that. Like, yo, nah, like y'all ain't messing up my money. People look at me like I'm weirdo when I had a mask on. I forgot where I went the other day. And it was like, oh, I went to graduation for my stepdaughter and I was like, yo, I got to get COVID tested for tomorrow. So like, we're the only, like me, Elena, um, like our kind of family, some people in our family still didn't rock a mask, but our family was one of maybe three families that had masks on. Granted, this is in Pahrump, Nevada, which is like an hour away from Vegas for people who don't know. The town is unique. Prostitution is legal there. They have brothels and such. It's, it's in a, it's a very country-like atmosphere. It's a drastic juxtaposition to Vegas. So going there and seeing like the graduation, people didn't give a fuck at all. And I was like, I have to double mask this bad boy. Cause I had my wrestling mask on. I was like, yeah, I'm throwing my normal mask under this. Cause you know, I didn't let nobody get me sick. I couldn't imagine being sick for this summer, laid up for 10, 14 days. Yeah, I can't do it. I don't like getting sick. I haven't been sick, so I don't want to do it. So that, that too. I have not been sick, no flu, no cold. So at this point, I'm spoiled. But that does not mean that I have to keep a shirt on between event and hotel. So if you catch me right after the event, boy, I'm taking my credential off, unbuttoning my button up, ah, ripping it open, throwing it all in my book bag, walking shirtless from event to hotel. Nice. The drink in my hand. So if y'all see me, just know, like, yo, Kel's wildin'. I'd be like, yeah, damn right. Damn right. I'm acting all brand new this summer. So that's that's the plan. The verses, it looks like we'll have versus battles still throughout the summer. Triller got nothing else. We talked about Triller. They, they lost Tyson. They lost um, Jake Paul. They got the Theofimo fight. But after that, I'm not sure what content brings people in. So it looks like versus it is the the one to do it. Bow Wow versus Soldier Boy. If it's done in Atlanta, I have more faith in that. You enjoy that too. You, <laughs> I tell, man, I watch that shit. Come you on, go man. watch it. You gotta watch no, it. I'm absolutely like in the back. Watching. You have stuff on so many TVs. We watched each fight this weekend. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You had the Apple Watch playing the music. You got the laptop over it. Something is going to have this versus on it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I don't even know, like, you know, I'll, I might have verses on, but the volume won't be up for Bow Wow and Social. <laughs> I'll just be looking to see what kind of antics are going on. But uh, oh, so many antics, shit. so many antics. So we got a whole summer still to look forward to a bunch of craziness. Let's hit our first break just this quick. Let's get into the break so we can come back and talk AEW. So much to talk about. I mean, the show was long as hell, the pay per view itself. So let's get right into it because if not, we're going to be here all night covering it. You guys don't go anywhere. Be right back. All pro wrestling. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. After this. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, the NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just that quick where you're back talking AEW double or nothing. Still casino themed, not in Vegas though. I got a lonely tear for that because it was dope seeing pro wrestling live. I went to the GCW show. It would have been great. I'm sure if they would have known Vegas would be open like it is this weekend, they would have had the show out here. But alas, it was still in Jacksonville, Daily's Daily Place, home of the Jaguars and AEW. We'll get into the, I, I kind of want to talk about the pre-show match first too, because I think it deserves it. The crowd though, first things first, the crowd was red hot to start the night. They were ready for pro wrestling. That was an ultra hot, hot crowd and crowds make a difference, man. I mean, look, I don't mind the UFC, some of those cards at the apex. I don't mind those, those crowdless events, but big events need a crowd. And this particular event, as soon as you heard how hot this crowd was, it took the, the, the night to another level. But there's so much investment. I'll start with this. There's so much investment from fans with AEW because it feels like AEW still is a fan-friendly product. 
it doesn't feel like it, it shafts the fans like the WWE does sometimes. Like it feels like the WWE at times book shows counter to what fans want, right? It feels like we're making a show that you need to watch and whether you like it or not. That feels a lot like WWE. We're going to shove certain talents down your throat, et cetera, et cetera. AEW, there's still like this very uh, organic investment from the fans that are from the moment that they did Daly's Place in the beginning with the small crowds that were energetic to now they've built to this moment. These crowds are hot. And they want pro wrestling. And from the moment that they were all in there, they were loud. They were a loud, rowdy bunch. And they, they didn't do a bunch of stupid chants all night. No. They didn't chant what? They didn't. It was, they were in for the most, most of the night they were into the show. Except for one part, but we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> no, credit to them. And the one thing I think you voiced that you were worried about, and many other people, myself included, was, will they boo the heels? Because without a crowd, you can create your defined heels and baby faces and you play the story straight up. Will the crowds play along with that? The Young Bucks were booed instantly and loudly. Duh, they, they've, the Bucks in their time during this pandemic of turning heel, and you know, we've asked this question a lot, like are the heel or the baby face? But they finally really committed to this role. The new car sent is off of AEW now. Yeah. So the, there's no reason for fans to continue cheering for the guys that started this. And the Young Bucks have been excellent heels. They got natural heat. So, yeah, they were going to get booed out the building. It, it, they've been, them, Kenny, they've done the right things in terms of getting heat. So when you see them, you don't want to cheer them. But they, they still work their ass off. But they, yep. the Young Bucks have been dicks with the Jordans, with, uh, with the, the, the cheating shit. Like, they've been dicks. But... The other side of that equation is Britt Baker, who we'll talk about the match in depth, but she's done a complete 360. Now I don't even want to say 360 because that means she would be right back to where she started. <laughs> she's done a 180. She's done a complete 180 from being baby face dentist Britt Baker to this like super heel with the busted face, the, the time off, the wheelchair coming back. And she had done basically nothing as a baby face. So it was very easy for the crowd to get behind Britt Baker. She's the best character they have as a woman on that roster. That was easy for them. There yeah. was no way they're going to keep her, keep her heel. We'll talk about the match when we get there, but it, it's impossible because fans aren't invested in the Sheeta. There's nothing she could do about it. That's just the way it is. But this crowd, they kind of knew who to cheer for. There was no like ironic, we're going to cheer for this heel just because we want to be dicks. Like this, this crowd doesn't do that. They yeah. didn't do that. They, they play game. along. They, yeah. they kayfabe with it and they are a part of the product. They're not Absolutely. adverse to the product as we see on the main roster quite often. It's like they try to steal the show. No, this Definitely. crowd, um, the old school NXT crowd, if, you know, we'll see what NXT goes back to. But when they had their hardcore crowd, I mean, it built people. You you yeah. look at Tyler Breeze, and they really got behind that. You look at, um, man, they Enzo and Cass. They they built talents with that crowd, and AEW's crowd does the same. Definitely, it's a perfect pro wrestling crowd. So, first match, crowd was hot, like you said. Serena Deeb versus Rio for the NWA Women's Championship. Again, to me, this feels like the IC title for the women's division. Right. 
with that being said, it was like an IC title match. This was the workers of workers match. And it was on the pre-show, so they got plenty of time, 14 minutes. I thought it was a really, really good match. And Serena, I mean, wrestled her ass off. The crowd was um, really, really into this one. I liked this match, and it made me go, hmm, I'm glad I tuned into this pre-show. And the packages were pretty cool, too. So it, it was really well-paced. It's, the main event, or excuse me, the main roster has some really good pre-shows because I like that they give people time. This was very similar to that. Where I was like, they weren't going to get 14 minutes on the main card. But here, you can really let them rock. They told a story. I was all for it. So, yeah, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was catching up on work, and I needed to watch the Haney fight again for the other night. So I, all I've seen was how good this match was for the for the, uh, was the buy-in. Yep. So I'm just going to have to ride with you on this one because I'm going to watch it after we do this show. But I, I didn't get a chance to very see it. I just heard great things. Yeah, very good. Um, and people think I'm an AW basher, which I am not. So, but I can be honest about their product. And this was a very good match. And then opener, Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. Basically carried the momentum right into the broadcast. We were talking about it on the last show where we previewed this. It's like, yo, I haven't seen Brian Cage matches enough. Like, I don't know if he's Ryback or if he's actually a good worker. Well, listen, man, it, it was solved to a novice like me in the catalog of Brian Cage, where him and Hangman just worked an amazing match. Good. Wasn't too long told their story throughout the high spots were there for hangman cage showed his athleticism it was physical the right man won in hangman because you said sooner or later kenny omega would need a foil um they just need top baby faces they do they need top baby faces they need mid-card baby faces they need all that so they have to keep hangman strong cage looked good so it also did a lot for someone like me, who was like, okay, he's just part of Taz's crew. Like, no, he can go. I, he's not just looks. He's not just the muscle. He can go. So I, I think they both came out of this match really well. And it was another great way to carry on the pre-show momentum or to start the momentum for people just tuning in. Yeah, no, this was a really good match. I mean, like I said, I watched Brian Cage work and he can be very hit or miss with the right dance partner. And Heyman obviously is a guy who, four or five years ago, none of us were thinking he was going to just be one of the best wrestlers on the roster. And these two just had a great match. And then of course we have the story now of Brian cage with the friction with, you know, team Taz seems like he's going to be split from him at some point. I don't know exactly what that means for the FTW title. I don't even know what that is anymore. Yeah. I don't, you don't, I don't know. Nobody defends it. Yeah. It's just kind of there. But the fact is, is that, you know, team Taz trying to get involved and, you know, Hangman, I mean, he's busted open. There was, was, there was some blood here that was hard way blood. And, you know, you know, this Pepe blood. But it was like, this was a good match. This was a good match. The right man won a good opener. And um, it sets up Hangman for what I expect to be a feud with Omega at some point this summer. They have to revisit that feud. And it's the one match that you know will be a banger, too. Yeah, you think? But... After watching this and seeing how the pay-per-view played out, I think he's in line for a different opponent. So we will get there in a second. Then we have tag match. Again, keeping this hot. Young Bucks versus Moxley and Eddie Kingston, which I feel like the crowd has waited a year and a half to completely 
get behind Eddie Kingston. Like they couldn't wait to be in the building to mark out over Eddie Kingston. Amazing response by him. Moxley has a wild thing music now. It looks like permanently. So that fits. Kingston wasn't wearing a highlighter green singlet. I was so, I was like, fuck, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm ready. He got some cargo pants on. Let's go. He's coming to kick ass. So I, I like that. They came out. The Young Bucks came out, you know, with the usual flamboyant outfits, just the, the cool tie-dye print, all this stuff. All right, let's get it. So the match starts. We get the usual Young Bucks spots. Actually, they get in the ring and are attacked immediately by Moxie and Kingston during the intro. So I like it. They have this whole scrap before the bell even rings. Then the bell rings and they start getting to work and we get the good spots throughout. Could have been a little long for some people. I liked the the length of this match, 21 minutes officially. I didn't feel like it was 21 minutes. The crowd was still hot. I was still engaged. But some people might say that's a little long for you know a tag match early in the card. Thought it was dope. The Young Bucks at the end, though, we see it. There's a ton of near falls. The last four minutes straight were just maybe eight near falls in the last four minutes. So you didn't know who was going to win. And the Bucks come out on top. I, I don't like the, the Golden Lovers knee finisher for them. They have a million finishers that are better. But that being said, they hit Moxie with three of them to kind of end the night. Cool. I get it. The Bucks retain the tag team titles and go on to be by the side of Kenny Omega and be ultra heels in the company. So I liked the way he played out. I liked everything about the match. No complaints here. And I'm looking at this at this point saying, oh, this is the best AEW pay-per-view you've had since Double or Nothing last year. Maybe even before then, I was like, this is shaping up to be a great classic pay-per-view. Yeah, this was a, this was a fantastic match to me. It, it must be stated how over John Moxley is in terms of he's I you you watch him and you say, how did the WWE fuck this up? He is. Kinetic, like his energy is just ridiculous and wild thing being his music, it adds so much more to it. And with Kingston by his side, this motherfucker is a superstar, man. I mean, he is a. If you're looking for somebody who's the, you know, Kenny Omega is the maybe the best wrestler on the roster, but it's Moxley. That yeah. guy is, is just unbelievable. And he's not even the greatest wrestler. He's not the best worker. But everything he does ha has, it's unique because the way he, he moves, like everything he does is pitch perfect to me. I just thought this match hit all the right notes. Um, yeah, the, the, we had the near falls. We had some great spots. I mean, both these, they, you know, these guys killed themselves in this match. There was, there was, you know, a, the near falls were earned. They weren't like cheap near falls. Yep. Um, you know, Moxie hitting the paradigm shift for a near fall was great. Uh, you know, the, the more bang for your buck counters, like there was the Melzer driver on the outside. Like there was a lot of great shit in this match. And we knew this match was going to be good, but it, it exceeded my expectations because not, it wasn't just a spot fest. It was a well-told story, you know, with Kingston having his leg hurt and that compromising him. So he couldn't make the save when Moxie ate three of those finishers. Like he, he was, he just wasn't able to get there and they faked the super kick high and hit him low. Like there was just so many, Great things, or Moxley's no sell of getting super kicked into a double clothesline and completely turn Nick inside out. It was 
it was one of the, the best tag team matches they had. And we expected it, but it was so much better. And maybe now, because Moxie had to eat shit on the finish, I didn't expect him to get pinned. I thought it was going to be Kingston. But yeah. now that Moxie got pinned the way he did, maybe now he goes home? Him and Renee, you know, he takes the time off now? Or does he just come back on Dynamite and get back to work? No, it feels like this is a good time to send him away. Kingston could do another program. Because obviously he's over, right? Like, yeah. he, he's over enough to carry a program by himself. And then revisit it later. Have Moxley still have beef with the whole, well, Bullet Club 3.0, 4.0, whatever it is now. Um, have him carry on that beef, but return later. This is a good time to just be like, yo, we got this. Chill. But then again, it's John Moxley. He has a whole nother feud he started. He has a full deathmatch feud going on. So yeah. you never know when he's going to show up. New Japan, he can show up there. I believe they have summer shows. So he is the champion. He can show up there later in June. So it's a wait and see with, with him. But I, I think if this is a temporary send-off, great way to do it. Great match on fire through three matches to start off. Next up, this is where it gets a little iffy. Casino Battle Royale for the future AEW Championship match, which, again, unfortunately, seems like it's coming up this week on Dynamite. This week or... Next week. It's next week. The next week. Following week. Way too close, nonetheless. So I was like, fuck. All right. They're not going to do a poker chip. Whatever. I've given up on that. So we get it. The total on this match was 23-30. And I agree with Reverse Rat Pack member Justin Ivey tweeted this out. Having a battle royal at every pay-per-view might be too much now. It's unnecessary. Yeah, I understand you want to get people involved and to feel like they're involved in your biggest moments, your biggest pay-per-views, because you don't have a ton of them. So you want to get these guys not just on television, guys and gals, just on television or on Dynamite and all this you want them to feel like, okay, I'm part of a pay-per-view as well. So we get another battle royal and there's a surprise. There's always a wild card, the Joker in the casino battle royale. And this one was Leo Rush. To me, I think that's a good pickup. Dependent. If, If he really leans into it and they use him weekly and he's here to stay, and not just a spot guy coming in to, to kind of get a pop. I think he can find a home on that, you know, mid-card TNT title. It, he can talk. He can cut promos. He's, he's a good guy to have, like, in that role. So I, I think he adds something to the company. So I liked him coming in. He got tossed out right away. And then the action, it was sporadic in between. We saw, like, Matt Hardy get a ton. Um, Christian Cage went belt to bell. So once Christian Cage went to the hands, I was like, man, he's going to win it. That's what I thought. You know, him, Kenny Omega, they teased it. They've given him one feud in between. All right, he's going to get his title match. But nope, you were right. I'm not saying it again. That's my only time. And I'm not clipping that. So we're not, we're not saving that. Um, but Jungle Boy goes over on Christian Cage. Shout out to Christian Cage. I mean, he's, that's what veterans do. He's going to get his time, but you make another young star in the process. And we're going to get Jungle Boy challenging for the title against Kenny Omega here in a couple of weeks. 
We'll see. To me, it's it's a hat on a hat because you're kind of already doing that with Orange Cassidy. It's like you already have the epitome of the ultimate underdog chasing Kenny Omega. Doing that with Jungle Boy at the same time is like, all right, same same thing. But should be a very good match. Jungle Boy, I, I think, always surpasses my expectations. So he wins this battle royal. And the crowd cools down a little bit. But when we were watching this live, you're like, it's a good palate cleanser. Yeah. Usually you need a palate cleanser so that you can get the main course next. And I don't know. It, it wasn't great. But we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, so I thought the battle royal was fine. Like again, I, I, you can't exhaust the crowd three matches into the show, so you have to give them a break um, to catch their breath. And I thought this was perfectly fine match. Yeah, I picked Jungle Boy, but the, here's the reason: I have the reason that Jungle Boy needs this rub. It's the same reason when Darby Allen wrestled Cody. He nobody expected him to win. Nobody expected Jungle Boy to beat Kenny Omega. Yeah, but you got to make stars, and between the theme music. Between being Luke Perry's son, y'all remember, this is Luke Perry's son. This is Dylan from 90210's son in the, at the end of this wrestling Christian Cage. Who would have told me this shit 10 years ago that, yeah, you remember, you know, Edge and Christian? Christian is going to be wrestling Luke Perry's son, and Luke Perry's son is going to win. That shit, I never thought that. But turns out Jungle Boy is a really good talent. He's really good. Like, this match was fun in spots. Uh, Max Casker got his shit off again. Um... You know, Will Hobbs, he had some good moments in the match. Big Show is not good on commentary. Clearly, he didn't know what the fuck was going on during this match. Like, he was like, <laughs> he was like, yo, Hobbs is eliminated. They're like, no, he wasn't. He's like, yeah, he just had no idea what was going on. Um, but Jungle Boy is the right pick. And I'm going to say this now because I also see what AEW is doing. AEW is doing something that the WWE is not. AEW has a lot of under 30 talent. WWE does not. AEW is no. pushing, AEW is pushing their under 30 talent. Now you have Jungle Boy, who, and you know, the, the people that went over tonight were under 30. Well, some of the key people. So Jungle Boy getting this opportunity sets him up just like he's setting up Darby Allen because sooner or later, the old people are going to be old and washed. You got to move on. And you need people like Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy and, uh, MJF. Darby, yeah, MJF and Darby Allen. I was I'm looking at the roster, Sammy Guevara. I'm yep. looking at the roster and I look at WWE. They don't have anybody under 30. You got to look at NXT. I mean, it's not like they, they don't have anybody under 30. Look like really look at NXT. Oh, you got Adam Cole just turned 30. You got Pete Dunne, who's still like 25. A ton of the women's talent is under 30. Yeah, But none of them are going to do shit on on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, listen, I can't you know defend this. that. I can't, but that, but I can't that's what defend I'm saying. that, but I'm, I'm saying they do have that in NXT, whether that grows and fosters into something. I No, I don't know. No, but that but AEW is doing a good job of positioning new talent by using seasoned veterans. Christian Cage, you're absolutely right. He's going to get his time. It'd be arbitrary for him to win this because he just automatically lose to Kenny Omega. I got, this is why I said, I was like, Jungle Boy is the guy who can use this rub. They are rubbing young talent. WWE is not doing that on Raw and SmackDown. They're not rubbing young talent unless you want to fucking count Dominic Mysterio. But in a no non-Alvatine right. dream type of way, by the way. Let me just add that. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, a caveat. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> our new thing. That's a new thing here. Yeah. But 
But it's clear, like, they are positioning guys to become stars. And it's smart because, yeah, you got to use your homegrown talent. You got to use the guys that you're building. Yep. So Jungle Boy winning, he's going to face Kenny Omega. He's probably going to have a really good match. Because, like, look, you got to remember, Jungle Boy just did this shit with MJF recently, too. And everybody's like, oh, shit, Jungle Boy. But yeah. now he's got the music. And then he'll lose this match. And everybody will clap for him. And it doesn't hurt him. Christian Cage loses the Kenny Omega. It's over. That's just it. Because that's <laughs> we put Christian Cage came here. There's there's no building of Christian Cage. There's none of that. It's you come here, you're probably gonna wrestle for the title, and that's that. And you're gonna lose. Either you're gonna win or you're gonna lose. That's it. There's no building of you. It's it's over. But Jungle Boy has that opportunity. So I thought this was well done. And like I said, Max Caster gets his little shit off. They they're doing things with certain talent that I'm like, all right, they're setting people up. They're setting these young people up, and I and I enjoy it. They're not ready to take the the baton and run with it, but they're getting set up to be in the anchor when a lot of these old talent either get hurt or leave. Move on, yeah. Like yeah. we haven't even seen the first round of AEW free agency, Mm-mm. where contracts are up and nope. people get to move around, and blah blah. So naturally, the if the more talent you bring in, some talent has to leave out. So we'll, we'll see, but you, you're right. They position themselves to have some, I don't want to say lifers, but you get decaders, right? Like people who you look at and be like, yo, MJF's going to be with AEW for a decade. Darby's going to be here for a decade. And you look up 10 years from now, they'll both have three, four, five, six championship reigns between yeah. them, right? Like, so you, you can project that. You can see that, you you know, when Orton came through and all, you're like, yo, Randy Orton's going to hold the belt, like, at least eight times. And now these <laughs> yeah. motherfuckers are like 14. So, but you get that early start, you can see those. So, I agree. Great way to build up young talent. Jungle Boy, surprised, but it makes sense. Makes sense for this match. The next match didn't. But I'm going to leave you guys on a cliffhanger. We got one more break. When we come back. Oh, I've been waiting. Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. Can't wait to talk about this. Don't go anywhere. Be right. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
right, we're back. Are you excited as me, people? Are you excited? Can you feel my excitement? I'll tell you why I'm excited. I'm excited because, like I said, Dre was right about Jungle Boy. Every pay-per-view that passes, I become more and more right. More and more people join the movement. And that movement is the anti-Cody Rhodes movement. People are seeing what I've seen since he was at WWE. Yes, he left. Yes, he was a huge free agent. Yes, they put him in the Bullet Club. Anyone could have succeeded at the Bullet Club Bullet Club that time. No, yes. that's not true. Oh, that's that come true. on. If you left that's WWE and you thrown into Bullet Club and ROH that's, that's and New true. Japan. Come, all right, listen. They, they didn't make him the head of Bullet Club. But at that time, it gave him instant credibility. Instant, I don't want to say heat because he was still kind of like a baby face when he hit the indies, but it gave him that credibility. Then you start this company and people love him and him and Dustin have an amazing match, probably the best match of Cody Rhodes career to start off. And people are looking at me like, oh, you're crazy. You call Cody Rhodes trash. I called his in-ring wrestling trash. The man can cut a promo. He's a great businessman. Said that from the jump. Present, you know, most recent promo excluded. But the man is incredible on the mic. Character work is great. But now people are starting to see, you know what? This in-ring is, is taking away from a lot. So we have him versus Anthony Ogogo. In the buildup, I will say this and I will continue to say it. Ogogo was the baby face. But they come out. Ogogo has his entrance cut short because Cody must pose. He comes out looking like the New England Patriots mascot. Then he disrobes and he ends up looking like old boy from the boys, the villain. It, that shit's going everywhere on Twitter. I love it. And then the match starts and it's this weird spot where I, I get, they were building this up, right? They were building it and it was, Agogo is a former Olympian boxer so they're really selling like, yo, this body punch he has is lethal. So he goes for it right out the gate. Cody like wraps his arm up in this weird thing. And then the first couple minutes were all spent with Cody trying to avoid the body shot. He takes one of the body shots and eats it, by the way. Like two minutes in. And then the match continues. And I'm like, it's a pretty bad match. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm trying to find something nice to say. No, I gotta be real. It wasn't a good match. And then of all the matches, so they have several matches over 20 minutes. This one to me ended abruptly, only a 10 minute match. And then it ends with Cody Rhodes beating the young talent, Anthony Ogogo, in a spot where I believe our last show, we both agreed, Ogogo needed to go over. You don't, Cody doesn't need the win right here. Talking about someone whose wife's about to pop, that baby's coming any day. Go home, be a family man for a second. No, he takes the win. Stays a babyface, goes into the crowd. And I get it. You built this up. It's Memorial Day. You did the American Dream one night only. It's hard to lose after that shit. But you shouldn't have put that in position. Or you know what? Build all that up and then still take the loss. Have people clap for you when you're sad because you lost after pushing this American rhetoric on a huge American holiday. That puts more heat on a go-go. Have him stand there with the, the British flag on Memorial Day over your patriotic body, laughing at you while he's bleeding because, of course, it's a Cody match. Someone must bleed. 
That's something that makes a young star. And they do it with so many other ones. Cody should have done it here. So as Twitter's crowned him, Cody Hurst Helmsley dropped the ball in booking this one. What is your opinion? Uh, this match was terribly paced. Um, Ogogo is incredibly green, but he looked good. If he would have had a better dance partner with a better pacing, this could have been a better match, but it was a poorly paced match. Um, sucked the life out of the building. And Cody Rhodes, the baby face, is stale. He's not a good baby face. He's just not. And we're at the point now where either you injury angle or you turn him heel. Because it was like he was pandering for cheers at this point. The crowd's not even 100% sold on Cody anymore. Yeah, they This match was positioned as Memorial Day. Like, they did all of this shit that was built around Memorial Day. And I was like, oh, he can't lose now. It's just this whole Memorial Day bullshit. He yeah, should have lost. It's so much more heat lost. on the villain. Well, it's not even heat on the villain. It's the bigger question is, why did you have this feud if you're not putting a go-go over? Like, why even do this? You know where it's leading. What? It's just a continuation and a speed bump for him and QT Marshall. But nobody, again, nobody wants this, right? We, nobody wants this. But the question is, Double or Nothing, which feels like their biggest pay-per-view of the year. Well, it's not, it's not feels like. It is. It's, no. The Double or Nothing is. No, I think Double or Nothing is. Double uh. or Nothing was the first pay-per-view. Moxley came back. Double or Nothing being in Vegas. It was their, like, okay. all in. All, all in, in is like their SummerSlam? Yeah. I, I feel like Double or Nothing is their big show. But for Cody to have a match with a relatively new talent and not put him over and win. Now, I'm not saying he needs to go like Fandango on Chris Jericho and shit, but I'm saying, why do you even have this rivalry? Because it doesn't it didn't help a go. Like, it's, it's far different than like Jungle Boy losing to Kenny Omega. They could have a great match. We all go, yay, Jungle Boy. But Ogogo loses to Cody, and now what? What does Ogogo do from here? Because it's not like he's a a refined talent. He's rough around the edges. But you can see, like, from the frog splash, some of the moves that he did, like, there's athleticism there. He just needs a lot of work. So then it's like, well, maybe it's too soon to put him over on Cody. So if you feel that way, which I can understand, the question is, why did you book this fucking match? I just don't even understand why this feud even... I know this whole QT Marshall nightmare. It's bullshit. It's terrible. But a go-go? Like, no. So this match fucking sucked. It sucked. It sucked the life out of the building. Again, it was poorly paced. For a 10-minute match, it felt like it was 25 minutes. The near falls were stupid. And here, like, the dumbest, the dumbest moment of the match. Dumb. I don't know who... If Cody was the, his own agent on this match, I don't know, because obviously he had to be calling the traffic. But Agogo hits his finisher twice. Cody rolls into the ropes, right? And you're like, all right, it's very obvious he's going to, like, grab the rope on two, right? But then Agogo picks him up and goes for, like, a suplex. No, just drag him into the middle of the ring and fucking pin him. What are you doing? <laughs> this is the dumbest shit ever. It was so stupid. Like, it was just bad. It, this was bad. Cody needs to turn heel because let's be clear. When Cody was heel beefing with Kenny, that's what really made Cody. 
those were the best Cody moments on the indie circuit when he was a heel. Yeah. Not a baby face. Heel Cody. Heel Cody in WWE was the best version of Cody Rhodes. Dashing Cody Rhodes, the one with the mask, Cody Rhodes. Babyface Cody Rhodes has never done it for anybody. It's there's nothing there. He's stale. It's time to move on. And I know it's like the baby and all this shit. And it's like, well, it's hard. To... No, man. People want to fucking boo you. Yeah. No people one wants to like the owners. I think no. it's one thing Vince has shown. People don't want to like the boss. No, but it's just it's just a matter of Cody is a better heel. Again, you go back to all of his heel work in his career, and most heels are just better, right? It's because you show more character. Yeah, it's easier. It's one thing. Yeah, it's an easier thing to do. Most wrestlers love getting heat. It's, it's a bigger challenge. But at this point, like I said with the Bucks, like I said with Kenny, the new car set is off. You can turn heel. It is okay. By the fan response in this match, they're tired of you. Then once you hit the road, they're going to boo you. Get ahead of it. Turn heel. That's it. Turn fucking heel. Take some time off and turn heel. Do something to turn heel. Like, what is the equivalent of Daniel Bryan in AEW? Who can you beat up? Beat the shit out of Jungle Boy. (laughs) That'll turn you heel. Him or Darby. uh, Or shit. Uh, Destroy Sting. And you'll get super heat. That seems like a good Cody feud. Yeah, but interesting. Kayfabe interesting. Yeah, like get rid of Sting, you'll get heat. But fans, fans want to boo you. This isn't fans aren't going to be scratching their heads like, oh, but I still like him, so I can't. They're not going to do that. We're ready to boo you, and your matches will be better because this match fucking sucked. Yeah, it really did. But I feel like QT Marshall is down the pipeline, so we get oh, more gotta, babyface yeah. Cody. Fuck that. This guy, yeah, like, like a double term with QT Marshall does nothing for me. I'm not going to cheer yeah. QT Marshall. Nobody's going to cheer QT Marshall. You know why? Because we don't like Q- There's nobody. You only ironically like QT Marshall because everybody hates him. Yes. if the, For the few people who like him, that is the reason. Everyone else, we don't boo him because he has good heat. He has Baron Corbin heat. He sucks. Man. He has go away heat. So, yeah, no, it's it's not working, but Listen, they run the school together. They're buddies, whatever. Then the next match, Miro versus Lance Archer. They have four 20-plus minute matches. I feel like could have cut, and two over 17 minutes after that, so six um, over 17. I feel like you could have cut some time out and gave Miro and Lance Archer more time. No, you could have cut this match from the pay-per-view. Miro and Lance Archer? Here's why. Very simple. There was no heat in this match. They tried to build heat in this match by him hitting Jake on at the weigh-in. Yeah, the, the weigh-in was ridiculous. That was such a wasted segment. It's, there, there was nothing heading into this match. And to be clear, Miro works a lot better with smaller wrestlers than big ones. And if you're going to wrestle Lance Archer, if you're not going to do a hoss fight, balls to the wall, beat the shit out of each other and make it quick, you're not doing the match right. And they ended up having, like, they had, like, a wrestling match. Even though the fun part was Miro just fucking tossing the Jake the Snake snake and shit. I thought it was fucking hilarious. And then tweeting about it, like, call PETA. I was like, oh, my God. Miro's fantastic. But this match could have been left off of the pay-per-view because there was nothing there. They could have done this shit on Dynamite. 
Yeah, I think if they would just gave it a little more time, took time away from everything, just make him look like more of a monster. No, I don't need or just a squash. Longer. Even if this it. if this was the time, give me a full on squash. Like, yo, he squashed a monster. A monster squashed the, a monster. The, like you have to put like Miro was never losing the title. So you have to put him over in a major way. And by him having like this weird wrestling match that ends with like the commentary all of a sudden bringing up this back injury and then Miro like what are they still, what are they calling this finisher now? It's not the accolade anymore. What are they calling this? No, shit? I don't even remember what the finisher is. Well, whatever. But then you know he like he immediately slaps it off to hit him in the knee. Well, hit him in the back with like a knee, and then like Archer just passed out immediately. It wasn't yeah. like a prolonged <laughs> hold, and it was like oh I'm I, I'm passing out from the pain. He was like oh he's and he went to sleep, and I'm like yo, it's not a good finish. That Miro could have squashed Archer by jumping him before the match started. This match just needed to be one of them Brock Lesnar-Goldberg matches where they just beat the fuck out of each other really and just get to the finish. I didn't need this to be long. Fans were already out. They were done. The Cody match took them out. And then this match not being a blitz, I don't need long matches, man. Every match don't need to be long. Even if people say, well, this is like their WrestleMania. I don't care. Even WrestleMania could use a squash match. They usually have one. Yeah, they do, but I'm, Samoa I'm, Joe squashed Rey Mysterio one year, quick, fast. Um, I think Finn Balor squashed Bobby Lashley. He kind of ran one through him quick, but but see, WrestleMania was so obnoxiously long, like that didn't matter. But I'm talking about even old days, the older days of WrestleMania, the earlies, they would have squash matches, and you know maybe I'll even count Triple H squash getting squashed by Ultimate Warrior. But you need a few of those, like you need that, and in this kind of a show. Fans get tired of a bunch of matches with near falls. I don't want that shit in every match. I don't like Wrestle Kingdom is the only show, but they do it in a way that each match ramps up to the big finish. This they start off hot. Then in the middle, you have these two cold ass matches that are too long. I don't need these. And it's funny. Again, you said the Cody match was only 10 minutes, but it just felt long. It sucked the energy out of the building. And then you did this battle royal in the middle of the show, which was fine. But then you back back to back with these two matches. Nah, man, they could have took this one completely off or otherwise you have to give Miro a really meaningful feud for this show. And this Lance Archer feud just wasn't it. The finisher is now called game over instead of the accolade. All right. And uh, I'm sorry people saw my tweet. If they don't call Eli Porter to get do Miro's like entrance music, I'm the best man. We did it. If they don't do that, I don't know what we're doing here. Because the fact that Miro's still called the best man, we got to do something that makes sense. And Eli Porter, I'm sure, is not doing much of anything right no, now. No, you got to clear the dip set beat, though. There's a lot. I mean, hey, Tony got that money. They got money that cleared Wild Thing and Jungle Boy's music. They can do this. It's Miro. Miro's <laughs> they got a star. It. Yeah. <laughs> they, they definitely got it. Um, in the next match, Britt Baker versus Sheeta for the women's world championship. I this, this match was 17 minutes. I don't need to spend more than 17 seconds necessarily recapping it. I didn't like the pacing all that much. I've seen better matches from Sheeta. The entire time I was just waiting for Britt Baker to win the title because I was not invested in Sheeta as the babyface overcoming the heel. I was invested in the heel winning. So it was a countdown until she did. The right person won. She is the new champion. And I think they do keep her heel. I think there's people like Thunder Rosa you can put in there. Um, her and Big Swole 
really never ended that feud from when she was injured. Swole could be a good baby face to put in against her. There's women to keep her heel. This just wasn't it. This was as close as you get to baby face turn. They need to reel that back. You know, hugging commentary after winning and showing so much emotion. Wheel that back. She needs to be an asshole again. Because turning her baby face right now, you don't know if the gimmick's going to hold up. Okay. First and foremost, Britt Baker's a baby face. There's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. You got time. Nah, you can't. You can't. You can't. Once they hit the road, it's a wrap. Nobody's going to boo her. She can say whatever she wants. Nobody's going to boo her. You want to know why? Because there's nobody on the other side that people are going to be so, again, there is no Daniel Bryan for Britt Baker to be beat up. There's nobody that's going to make her hate. Like Thunder Rosa for me. Nah, Thunder Rosa isn't over as a baby face. Britt Baker, the character turn has been excellent. Everybody enjoyed the heel turn and it worked with no fans. As soon as she came out, that crowd popped. When she won the title, they super popped. It's over. Jim Ross put her over as a baby face. Shivani hugs her after the match. You can't walk this one back. She's a baby face. The best thing you can do is let her still be a dick as a a baby face. That's all you can do. And you need to find like, yeah, you go to the Thunder Rosa match. I, I feel like you have to do that. But it's partially because nobody cared about Sheeta. Like some people cheered for her, but like nobody cared about Sheeta. This match was way too long. And the final like seven minutes were incredibly sloppy. It was like they kept going with these near falls. And then like Sheeta almost had a wardrobe malfunction. And they kept trying to do these reversals. I was like, look, man, this match could have been like eight minutes. And I'd have been good because all we cared about was Britt Baker going over. There is nobody that's invested in Britt Baker in booing Britt Baker right now. Nobody. She would have to do a racist angle for people to go, all right, you're a heel again. <laughs> there's nothing she can do other than that. Like, there's not, not sure in Florida that wouldn't be cheered and praised. Yeah, well, you're probably right. But the point is, is that she she's done everything possible to try to remain a heel. But this match just put her over. She's a baby face, not by force. She's like a Stone Cold Steve Austin baby face. It's like, all right, well, fine. We're to me, invested. she's Adam Cole. Coincidence aside, right? Like, yeah. To me, they f- how long did they have to keep Undisputed Era as baby? I mean, as heels, despite everything, despite, despite the crowd doing the boom and oh, like they fought tooth and nail for angles to keep them as heels. But it was easy the only difference because they had Johnny Gargano. Exactly. That's the only that, that's the biggest difference. They had their Daniel Bryan. They had Johnny Gargano to pick on and continue that narrative. Yeah, they don't have that with Baker. They had Gargano. They had Ciampa. Like, the Undisputed Era as a collective, because it wasn't just cold. Like, nobody liked Roger Strong. He's, he's easy person. <laughs> look at his face. He's easy to hate, right? It's Sleazy Bobby Kyle. Fish. Yeah, they're Bobby Fish. Look at him. Easy to hate. You look at him, he looks like a villain from, like, a 1920s cartoon. Easy to hate. So even though we were all invested in Coles, like the Boom and Adam Cole, baby, and all that shit, there was always somebody on the opposite side that we liked a little bit more. Yep. We like Gargano. Ciampa turned the baby face. Eh, you know, whatever. Still it was liked not the greatest. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, at that like moment. Yep. So, but Baker doesn't have that. Unless Swole can really come back as like, you know, I battled this Crohn's disease and I'm trying to get mine. And then Britt Baker just completely cuts her off and runs her down like, like trashes her daughter and shit. 
it's going to be hard for fans to boo her. I'm somewhat with that. Like, you know, but you got to do it, but that's what you got to do. Yeah. But I just can't, like, immediately, it, it might even be better to keep Britt Baker, while well, they're doing, like, the coronation on Dynamite. But it almost would be, and I know what they're going to do. They're going to do this coronation, and Britt Baker's probably going to go, I didn't need you fans, and, da, 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 and the fans are not going to give a fuck. They're just going to be no. like, we still like you. Who cares? Right? Because that's exactly what Becky Lynch did, remember? Yeah. She turned and then it didn't work. <laughs> fans were like, fuck that. Like, there's, this is what we wanted. We're sick of Charlotte. We like you. We're that's the change. difference. There was a Charlotte. Like, people were sick of Charlotte. There's no one that they're sick of that makes, like, Britt Baker, like, no, you have to be the baby face. She's in a weird spot. There's no one loved there's enough no to one. go over to keep a heel, but there's no one also hated enough to make you, like, a baby face. Like, if she turns no baby face, who's the next heel? You're Mary rushing, Rose. uh, uh, God, the big show spot? Yes, but I mean, Nala's not doing much of anything. I mean, Jade, Jade is the only thing, and Jade is she's a heel, green as a golf course. Yeah, but she's and she's a heel. She is a heel. That's what I'm saying. Like, what heel do you put her in? Like, too early for Jade. Yeah, you could do Nyla Rose. You can do, you can do the big show spot. I guess you have to do Nyla if you're gonna do a heel. But Britt Baker right now can kind of wrestle anybody. Like, she could wrestle Red Velvet. Yeah, I that keeps her here at least a tweener. It, it's, um, it's at least an effort, but you can't yeah. you can't really force it. Fans, they know they like who they like. In some ways, fans play ball, but if you don't have anybody on the other side, the fans are invested in. It's impossible. Yeah, I'd like a Thunder Rosa Rio, and then figure it out after that if they're keeping her heel. Yeah, but this match, this match, I just need good beat. matches out of her too because the match wasn't good. I mean, they started off okay. Again, it was a long match. It got convoluted ter- towards the end with the near falls. I don't need every match to have a ton of near falls. No. I get it. It's a championship match, and I get it. You know, you don't want to slap on your finisher and finish the match that feels anticlimactic. But fuck, man, those last seven minutes was crazy slow, like sloppy as hell. Stop. And that's going to be Britt Baker's biggest weakness. She's not a great wrestler. She's a no. better character than wrestler. So she needs the perfect dance partners. Yes. And, and she, they don't have them. Yeah, and it's not at the them. point where, like, you could stick her in with someone who's green either because no. she's not carrying that um, in terms of a match or, you know, especially a pay-per-view match. So next up, we have Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. And to the reverse Rat Pack group chat's credit, I started looking at this. At first, I was like, I'm not sure about this match. You guys started talking about it, started talking to me about it, and I was like, you know what? What the hell was I expecting coming into this? They did what I had said on the previous show, on our preview show, would be the best way to book this is Darby to get his ass one for 90%, Sting to come in for 10%, and then let the chips fall where they may. I, I also thought Scorpio Sky and Paige needed the win more. They're a new tag team. Like, I don't think old man Sting needs a win. But the match plays out. It's not very long. Perfect pace for a guy like Sting. Darby sells his ass off. He does the cool dive into the crowd. Really good spots there. You know, Paige and Scorpio Sky made it really good and easy on Sting. They sold their ass off. The finish was good with Scorpio going for uh, his, like, over-the-rope cutter and Sting catching him. Scorpion death drop. And then winning, getting the pin. I just don't know what you need to keep Sting strong for. And these guys were so new as a tag team that it was perfect to have Darby pinned. Like, Darby is a made man. You say this all the time. He's a made man. You, yeah. He could lose and it'd be fine. 
I understand he just lost the belt. So it's like, fuck, how much do you want this guy to lose back to back to back? But I think you're establishing, especially Paige, who came in like as a hot free agent. And then for some reason, you threw him as a tag team. God knows why. So make the tag team strong. They got matching gear now. And to lose, I just think it was unnecessary. But the match itself, you know what? For a 60-year-old's thing, fuck it. This is good. I, I had to think about it. Yo, look how bad Taker looked. Look how bad Goldberg looked. Look at these guys. Sting did a, a walking the banister joint dive. Like he the stinger splash looked good. This thing looked better than the sting against Triple H. And that was like six years ago. Longer so, than that. You know what? Fuck it. You're right. The match was good. I think the wrong team won, but they played it as well as you can for a guy like Sting and made him look really good even at his age. Yeah, I think the one thing that was lost in this is this was Sting's first match in front of a live crowd in over six years. Since getting buckle bombed by Seth Rollins and pretty much his career ending at that point for most of us, he he hasn't been able to wrestle. When he signed AEW, he was like, he can't take a bump. Remember the last time he took a bump? Motherfucker almost passed out against Seth Rollins. He was done. (laughs) He went out here and worked a match as a 62-year-old. And none. I didn't think about this. I was like, it's kind of a feel-good moment for Sting to go over. Here's the thing about all you go, Ethan Page and uh, Scorpio, Scorpio Sky. Yep. They could come back on, on Wednesday or and beat the holy hell out of Darby Allen and Sting and kind of get their heat back. There's a way that they can come out of this okay. This match was perfectly booked. It was fun. Darby, all you go, Ethan Page throwing Darby Allen into the front row was an incredible spot oh, because yeah. it was dangerous as fuck. Because what if he just didn't get in the launch angle right? Darby would, and he would have been fine. Darby would just crash in the guardrail, fell down, and like, all right, I'm good. Probably would have broke his <laughs> arm and kept wrestling. Just what Darby does. I do. There's another thing I really like about commentary, and they can make this work, is they they continue to reference their indie feud from Evolve. They continue to rest, reference the shovel spot yep. that got Darby hurt, like completely hurt. And if you guys watch the wrestlers on a vice that was on there they can go back to that match as a one-on-one match these two can murder each other which makes you wonder like why even put them with scorpio sky because you can go page darby allen they can have an incredible feud no clue it's weird but whatever but for sting to have this kind of a match and nail that scorpion death drop the spot where sting has the scorpion death lock on and uh, yeah, and they start slapping. Page and just slapping each other. I yeah, always love those like, spots. The double. Those are great. Yeah, there's just so much great stuff in a match that it wasn't too long. It was perfect. It wasn't like this wild spot fest. It wasn't a ton of near falls. Yeah, Darby was the damsel in distress getting his ass kicked, but he's small. He's kind of expected. He just can't just yeah. beat up people all the time. It needed to be like that. Yeah, so I thought this was great. Um, and well booked. And again, like I said, all you go, Ethan Page can come back on Wednesday, throw Darby down a flight of steps, run him over with a car. He'll have his heat right back. I don't know what Scorpio can do at this point. He's going to need to do something because he's wild talented, but they're kind of in a trap with his tag team. Damn, so- he, he won the stupid Sonic ring, the, the brass ring. And it was yeah. like that was on a pay-per-view it was the major battle royal. Went, lost, and it was like, well, that's it for Scorpio. Yeah, they they, got to figure something out with him. I mean, he's incredibly talented. But at first, I thought the wrong. man's 38 years old. I had to look it up because my wife was like, ooh, 
how old is Scorpio? She had a crush on Scorpio since wrestling with stereotypes. So she's like, how old is he? Your age? And I was like, yo, no, I know he's a little older. And I looked it up. He's 38. It's time to shit or get off the pot. Yeah, this, you know, I think Scorpio's been a victim of not incredibly competent booking. But uh, that being said, ultimately the right team won because of Sting's comeback. I thought this match was great. And it got the crowd right back into this. I was about to say, I guess Sting's previous win was the cinematic match and no fans in attendance. So you want to give Sting his his cheers and his moment in front of the fans. Yeah. All right. Just if they run it, you know, for any reason, continuing on Dynamite, like you said, to get the heel back, their heat back, no harm, no foul. Let's keep it, keep it moving. And then uh, next match, Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy versus Pac in the main event to me, but it wasn't the main event because we had Stadium Stampede after. But in what was the main event, according to my eyes, I thought this match, it was long, unnecessarily long, but it was decent for a triple threat. It wasn't, I've seen some people say, oh, this is one of the best triple threats you'll see. No. It was a, you know, Don played a huge role, which I get because Kenny's a heel and all this stuff. So, okay. I love the spot where he hit um, Pac with all four belts. I thought that was oh, super dope. That was great. A incredible spot. Uh, even Darby. Darby had his joint. They kept Darby, or excuse me, not Darby, um, Orange Cassidy. They kept Cassidy really strong. I like the roll up to win it. He didn't get hit with the one-winged angel, which is the best move in pro wrestling because they not only protect it when it is hit, but there's so many matches that he's won throughout the years without ever using it. Yep. So they save it in feuds, especially when elongating feuds, they save it because you, ne- you never know when he's going to quite hit it. And there's so many reversal spots out of it. So I, I thought it was really good. Orange Cassidy, the crowd was behind him. He's star. He puts his hands in his pocket. Everyone goes crazy. That shit was great. Him fighting Kenny on the turnbuckle to reverse it, to put oh, his yeah, hands in his great. pocket. Great spot. So it, it was long, but it was a good match to me. The shenanigans at the end. All right, cool. And Kenny leaves with the belt. I, I like it. And like I said before, we were looking for the next foil to Kenny. I, I'm glad that it's Orange Cassidy, it looks like, is going to continue this feud and continue to chase in a one-on-one capacity, especially losing in the roll-up in the reversal. I think it's perfect to keep it going. I mean, yeah, I don't know if they'll continue it. Um, in a, a, a night of long matches, I wouldn't have minded this match being long if everything else wasn't long. Uh, but it was it was a well-paced match. Um, Pac looked like he just looks great all the time. He, yep. Everything he does has purpose. Um, he looks like money. Uh, Cassie looked great. There was some great spots. Don Callis's involvement was right. Hitting him with all the belts, it drew. A, <laughs> I laughed out loud. I just thought that was really funny because he hit him with every belt he had. Um, <laughs> and the crowd booed him every single time he went for another belt. Like that's incredible because it's so easy for people to cheer Kenny Omega, but yeah. he just did so much shit that just made him so unlikable. And again, Orange Cassidy was his Johnny Gargano. You know, he was his Daniel Bryan. That people were so behind Cassidy and the freshly squeezed that he really played that up. Yeah, he looked. I mean, every I feel like this match was booked right. We kind of we said that Cassidy be the one to take the pin. Didn't expect it in that matter manner. Um, there was a one really good spot where uh, what happened? I think Pack hits. Or did Pack get hit? Or was it? 
who who did Cassidy throw out of the ring for that? Oh, it was yeah, he Pac threw, is, yeah, Pac. Yeah, he, what did he hit? Finisher. So Pac comes through. I forgot what he hit Kenny Omega with. It had to be his finisher, and he was almost out. You're like, oh my god, he did it. And then Orange Cassidy just throws him out of the ring. And at this point, Kenny Omega wasn't even kicking out. Like, it was going to be a clean fit. And then Callis pulls the rest leg out. So it looks like, you know, Orange Cassidy had it. Like, there was no kick out, no near fall. It's like, yo, Callis cost him the belt. Yeah, so it was a well-booked match. It was a good finish. Um, Cassidy does his spots. Again, he's very hard to see as somebody who can actually beat Kenny Omega in a one-on-one match. But in a triple threat like this, he got very close. And I enjoyed it. I still feel like they could have done more to build this feud for, again, what you considered as your WrestleMania. I felt like they were like, oh, shit, two weeks, we need a match. And they kind of put this thing together. They could have built this a little bit longer. But we'll see how they handle this feud through the summer. I mean, obviously, Jungle Boy will get this spot in not this week, but next week's Dynamite, um, and which will be a rub spot for him. But we'll see if Orange Cassidy continues. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that can go on. We'll see what they do with Death Triangle. We'll see what they do with Panther. Ray Phoenix has got to be coming back soon. Omega's going to have opponents. I don't know if Cassidy will be, will be his opponent through the summer. Uh, to the next, It definitely won't be the next pay-per-view. There'll be somebody else by then. Could be Hangman Page. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Page... Christian Cage, there's options to get you through. I mean, you don't know what Moxley. Moxley's always looming. Always. And they know what they got with him. Yeah. So there's there's options going through. We'll see who Kenny defends the title against in the meantime. It looks like him and um Andrade have a date for that triple A title. It's August, right? Yeah. August? Yeah. Uh August, early August or late July. So it's like, all right, dope. Like there's there's other feuds he still has going on. And sooner or later, somebody got to come for this impact title, right? Yes. Like he gets moose at yeah. the end of this month. Is it? I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. Because I think moose is like hyping up like his contract's running out. So he has to get this title shot before the contract runs out. So um, there's there's a lot in play for Kenny Omega. He's a busy guy. So I, I think that was played out very well. And then the final match of the night, Stadium Stampede 2, Inner Circle, which is Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana and Ortiz versus the Pinnacle, MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, and then Cash and Dax, uh, FTR. I, I thought it was, I liked the intro by MJF, good little promo to start. The entrance by the Inner Circle was clearly super babyface and over Chris Jericho with the bionic arm, even though he looks like he's 80 right now but you know people are singing the theme song and they're super over it was it was long by this time i was like yo i'm ready to go but that doesn't mean that the match was bad i i like last year's better i think most people would objectively say that but it had its spots and then it picked up when it needed to pick up and that was at the end and sammy Guevara looked like a million bucks he finally gets his hands and for people who loved last year's he gets his hands on the golf cart this time and he wreaks havoc in that uh, Sean Spears could take every pin in the world because again, when he was Ty Dillinger, that's what he does. He loses. He's the ultimate jobber. So yeah, this was perfect. Sarah Guevara um, does like some crazy six thirty to seal it at the end, gets the win, goes over. That's a perfect guy 
in the inner circle to get the pin. Jericho didn't need to get the pin because like we talked about last time, him versus MJF should continue as a one-on-one feud. So I think it did a lot to have Guevara take the pin. And, oh, and Conan showed up for one of the funniest spots with Santana and Ortiz and Conan DJ. So a little LAX throwback, (laughs) which uh, got Justin Ivy to pop. Free LAX, by the way. So that was cool. It had its moments. It had its moments. Uh, Urban Meyer popped up and people were going crazy on Twitter about that. So it, it accomplished what it was supposed to, just like last year's. So I'm not not mad at it. It's just uh, this being a yearly thing, it's tough. But it, it was cool. It was all right. I left feeling fulfilled with the pay-per-view. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this. It, the, the standards for last year's uh, stadium stampede were extremely high. So I didn't expect it to exceed that. I thought this was going to be just okay. I thought everything had a little bit of a purpose and they had fun spots. I mean, yeah, Sean Spears was on here a lot. I did kind of enjoy him and Sammy fighting in a chair room. I thought that was fun. Uh, yes, the Conan spot was great, but the best spot of that was LAX. We're going to continue to call them LAX because that's who they are. And uh, FTR are in there, and they they decide to have a drink after beating up a few of the what Tony Giovanni called a disco. Uh, the, <laughs> the patrons, they smash them over the head with bottles. They meet at the center table. They, they toast, have a drink, and then just beat the fuck out of each other. I, I thought that was well done. Um, even Wardlow and Hager fighting in a, a meat locker. Meat. I was about to say the meat market randomly yeah. in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I, I think everything was booked great here. I thought, you know, Jericho and MJF. Yes, the Urban Meyer shit was great. Um, just what a way to work. You know, I mean, you know, with a laptop and a bunch of footballs. <laughs> yeah, they, they're tossing them footballs like there was so much good to come out of this match, in my opinion. That it was incredibly entertaining. MJF does his stuff. He gets busted open. Uh, and then they work their way back into Daily Place. I thought that was good. Uh, I, I didn't have any qualms with this. But again, Sammy Guevara going over. Another under 30 wrestler. Shit, I think he's under 25. If he's not 25. I think so, yeah. I think he's that young. Yeah, you're putting another young talent over. Like, WWE has a nasty habit of taking the old heads and continuing to put them over for no reason. He's 27 he, years old, by the he's 20, way. He's 27. Okay, so he's starting AEW. Yeah, so he's like 25. All right, so yeah, they could have clearly, they could have went, all right, we're going to put Jericho over on MGF. But they're like, what's the point in that? Who needs the rub? Sammy Guevara won this for the team. Another yep. younger talent who's the future of this company, possibly, gets an opportunity because nobody else needs it. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared to see Jake Hager win this shit. No. And he Even was now, the guy who almost left the inner circle when it was completely going off and yeah. MJF was trying to sabotage the inner circle. Sammy Guevara was the guy on the outs with Jericho and it looked like, oh, he's going to leave. So to have him win for the team brings everything full circle. Good storytelling. Yeah, this was a good storytelling. It was a fun match. Uh, the, the callback to the golf cart was great. Like I said, the, the disco fight was great. I can't believe Shivani called this shit a disco. And then <laughs> disco JR, tech. J, yeah, JR corrected him as a nightclub, Tony. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> um, but I, I thought this hit all the right notes. Again, I'm like, yo, where, when does this inner circle thing end? But, you know, if we're going to... I guess All Out is going to be this the Jericho MJF blow off. It has to end there. It has to. They can't do this forever. And LAX and FTR have to have a match. And they have to have a number one contender match. They have to. 
because you have to at some point this summer or early fall. I need my young bucks LAX match. I need it. Mm. And with them being the baby faces now in the inner circle and the bucks clearly being heels, you have to get to that match because that's the match. That's the match. Everybody wanted when they, cause young bucks have already worked, worked Lucha dragons. Young bucks have already worked FTR. Young Bucks just worked Moxley and Kingston. They worked Omega and Page. There's one team left. There's an actual tag team that they can work right now in a program and everybody be like, holy shit. And AW sign Conan, put him back with LAX. Let's do this the right way. Please, please. <laughs> it's so easy. So, no, I think that's right there. I think the tease was great. You see how everyone reacted to it. It's only logical yeah. to do that. I I don't know. Jericho and MJF got to blow this off at all in. So I, they'll keep going with that one. But everyone else seems to be in good position to, to break out. Sammy Guevara being a baby face now opens up the possibilities because I either want him or I want Adam Page to be in a legit, give me the program from now to all in against Miro because I think Miro needs the build of a big program as a heel and both of those guys will get an amazing match out of him not too big hangman isn't small but he still is like super athletic they can do a really great match together and of course Sammy's small enough that Miro works great with smaller guys and they would put on a banger of a match too yeah I think that'd be it could be a smart move but of course Miro's in a position where you don't want to put have him go over on people like Sammy right now. You want to have him go over on hmm, Nance Archers. Like, but yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, Page could lose. It ain't gonna kill him. Nah, I prefer not. I prefer because I think he's needs to be in the AEW title program and not in the TNT title program. And I think for Miro, the perfect person for him. <laughs> To send him to the gods right now would be Cody. Go kill Cody Rhodes, please. <laughs> please I'm never, I am never going to disagree with that. Like, you know, sure, let's do it. There's plenty of other people, like you know, Amira and Luchasaurus program would be actually kind of could be kind of fun. Even though Luchasaurus is a bigger wrestler, it's kind of athletic, and it could be something that works. I mean, because obviously that means Marco Stun has to get involved, and Miro can fucking murder him. So there's other people. I don't want to see Sammy Guevara in that. There is a Sammy Guevara Darby Allen feud that just has to happen at some point. Or Sammy Guevara and Jungle Boy long feud that has to happen. There's ways to keep them out of losing to in title matches, but keep them fresh. Mm. And, you know, and eventually, because I don't think Sammy Guevara will probably ever be uh, AEW champion. Could be wrong. Everything could change. But, dude, Sammy Guevara versus Ray Phoenix? Give it to me. Yeah. They, they tear the house down. i will be one hell of a man. Anyone against Ray Phoenix, though, for keeping it a buck. Well, yeah, that's true. So he just has to stay uh, healthy. And, again, if Leo Rush stays there, give me Ray Phoenix, Leo Rush on any given dynamite, and I'm tuning in. Yeah, I, I do wonder how long if Ray, Ray, uh, Leo Rush was just here for this show. I don't know if it was. They didn't give him the graphic on social media. The Leo Rush is all in graphic like they did for Mark Henry. Uh, We we didn't talk about that, but I thought Big Mac was working us. Yeah, because we we talked to Big Mac past couple of days. But no, Ryan McKinnell knew nothing about it either. Mark Henry kept it close to the vest. 
And, you know, it'll be a guest announcer on the new Friday show and help backstage as a trainer and everything. So Mark is good at what he does and his eye for talent is, is key. That's his best. He's, he's like the lead scout at Alabama where they, they win all these championships and you're like, Oh, Saban's incredible. But they, they got scouts for a reason. Mark's one of those guys. Yeah. Say what you want to get Strowman and Bianca. He finds people who aren't indie wrestlers who can become wrestlers. And that's, that's very tough. Not the people that have been wrestling since they were 16 years old. And you see them by the time they're 26, the Kevin Owens, the Sami Zayn's, the, you know, Seth Rollins. No, he finds people who are like, you know, triathletes and CrossFit people and got size. And he's like, no, they, they can be something. So there's, there's a key to that. Yeah. And I, I do wonder how Vince feels about this. It he felt can't be like, happy. <laughs> no, it felt like Mark Henry was a lifer. It yep. just felt like it, you know, but now big show's gone. Henry's gone. And you know, some people, a lot like, of experience, man, all AEW, honest to God is missing. I'm not can't even say they're missing, but one thing that's very beneficial is that big stage weekly television experience. Yeah. And they're gaining that in droves. Yeah, they're in a good spot. And I, there was some people that was like, Mark Henry. But I was like, hey, man, Mark Henry's he's still got juice. Like people still respect Mark Henry. Oh, crazy. So it's like even if he's in a backstage role. People are going to be interested. I mean, not even people are going to be interested. It's going to be a coup for the company, for some of the younger talent to work with Mark Henry. Yeah. Bust Open Radio is huge. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, I, I don't know, like, if, if Mark Henry called Vince and was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to AEW. You know what I'm saying? Like, and what was Vince thinking? Because, yeah, I mean, you know, some people were like, oh, you know, all the washed up talent, this is like WCW 2.0, which to me, it gets kind of silly because, like, Everybody kind of either comes from the indies or comes from WWE, right? And it's not like WWE had any of these guys first, with the exception of like Rusev yeah. and Cody. But for the most part, they're building new talent too. You know, Moxley, yeah, of course, he was in WWE, but he was in CCW, you know, and he was misused in WWE. But Mark Henry coming in as a seasoned veteran who's seen the ropes and has done things and hopefully, Hopefully, you'd be like, hey, guys, diversify your main event picture. Please, need more black people. Maybe Mark yeah. Henry can do that. I was about to say, maybe Mark Henry uh, will help in that regards, too. He can't hurt. No, he can't. More smart people in the room. So yeah. that, that was this pay-per-view. It was fun. It was a good night of wrestling. We'll see where it leads. It's great to know they got three more months to build to the next pay-per-view. It's not like WWE, where you just shoehorn pay-per-views in for no reason. So I like it. We'll see how this goes. It's going to be a busy summer. And, you know, September 3rd, all all in or all out, whatever the hell it is. It changes every year. It could be all something else this year. Who knows? Um, that'll be a great way to kind of cap off the, the run through July, August, and into early September. And then I guess we'll have a Canelo fight after that, which could be an undisputed fight. So it only keeps getting busier. But I, I like it. I like the direction we're going. So that is fun. This was a good show. It's always cool to recap stuff immediately after. We appreciate all of you for listening. Make sure you follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes on adfreeshows.com. We have a nice guest lined up 
for our next show. It's just going to keep rolling. Can't wait to talk to our guests. When you guys see it, you'll be like, oh, I can't wait to check out that episode. So we appreciate that. Shout out to all the sponsors. Shout out to the network, Blue Wire. It has been great. Stay safe. Enjoy your weekends. Enjoy this upcoming week. Until Thursday, where we're talking about Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. Yes. Yes. We got to do that. It's going to be a fun show on Thursday. So until then, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.